Hello, hello, hello. How's everyone doing today? I'm having a little bit of technical difficulties already with Facebook, but we're back on. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. How's everyone doing today? It is Friday, October 29th, 2021, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. My name is Wanda, and I am the host of Salty Coffee, and I'm here to empower, inspire, entertain, and inform. Our topics include parenting, relationships, finances, education, workforce, and many, many more. Tonight's topic is going to be about the general elections in New York City. So I'm going to, I was trying to think about how to do this one. And I was trying to put it all together to see how I'm going to combine the conversation. So I got a, a couple of clips that I want you to see. So this is going to be a little long than usual, but I'm going to try to keep it short in general because it is Friday and I am working this weekend. As usual, I'm so happy. How's everyone doing today? If you're new to this podcast, hello, 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 and welcome. If you're returning and you're uh, finally catching up to me, <laughs> catch me if you can type of thing. Hi, how are you? I miss you. I had a great week this week. I'm excited. I, I just relocated offices and I am just ecstatic because something new, you know, got rid of old stuff, different location, my feng shui is all on point. So if you're on, say hello, leave us a message, click like, subscribe, visit our website, www.saltycoffeepodcast.com. So let me just go over a little bit of what happened this month already. Can you believe the month is almost, I mean, not almost, but it's pretty much over by Sunday, October 31st. It is over. I mean, I did get like three paychecks this month, but wow, it just happened so fast. So season three started October 1st. If you're in and coming in, hello, 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 and welcome. Say hello, leave a comment, let me know you're here. If not, just sit back and relax. We're going to be talking about the New York City general elections, okay? But before that, before I get into it, October 1st, we started with a Big Bang Season 3. So just so you all know, Season 3 is um, building bridges. That's the theme. So I went to Mississippi. I met Miss Shelby. She's the diva of Southern Soul. And she has songs like Party Hard, Work Baby Work, Boomerang Loving, Come On In, Pastor Wilson. So that was on October 1st. We did a little replay a few days ago. So you're going to see a lot of the replays replaying again on different timing. Because I received emails with feedback from other countries that they want to participate in some of the lives that were, re that were recorded already. On October 8th. Uh, the episode there was about things I did this summer in uh, New York City, and I visited Ellis Island, the Statue of Liberty, the Van Gogh exhibit, Fotografiska, Intrepid Museum, The Beast, Grand Central Station, Bowling Green, by Wall Street, The Vessel, Highlander, Arcadia Earth, and I walked the high bridge in the Bronx from the Bronx to Washington Heights. So that episode just talked a little bit more about what are things that you can do, some are free, 
some are not. That's outside of clubbing or, you know, children like things to do. But um, I had fun this summer doing those things. Hi, Diva. How are you? Welcome. Welcome, young lady. Thank you for stopping by. On October 15th, we did a networking party with the Stereo App content creators, Caramello, Puddles Flow, Crystal Harley. And Caramello, she's amazing. She's from New York. She has accessories, hoodies, and now she's extended her boutique with candles. And her mission this uh, moving forward is going to be how to make her own candles. So she'll be making her own candles. And if you want to get a savage hoodie, <laughs> visit visionary126.com. And her stuff is amazing. I have the hoodie in pink, but she has it in blue and in white. And she has other stuff. So that is visionary126.com. I did play the replay, I believe, last night. But that was on October 15th. You can always go back to YouTube, Twitch, or Twitter, or even Facebook and find it there. Puddles Flow, she's an inspirational person. She is, she sells candles, crystals, and she makes her own crystal bracelets that are with a zodiac sign specifically for you. So her website is spiritualpshop.com, and that is the word spiritual, P, the letter P as in Peter, shop.com, all one word. And I purchased her cleaning, home cleaning kit, which was awesome. I love it. It has done wonders for me, and I'm going to use, I'm going to purchase another one to use it in my office, my new office my new office space. <laughs> I don't have my own office, no, but I have a new office space. So I'm excited about that. And then Crystal Harley, my girl, Crystal Harley. Crystal Harley is a hard worker. She's a truck driver. She is a content creator and verified with Stereo App. And she's now extended her business to sell some great adult toys. And her website is Silhouette Vibes with a Z at the end.com. And as I said, they're all on episodes on October 15th. And that is season three, episode three. And I purchased the Vibrating Silicone Rose by Crystal Harley. And it comes in a nice little dust bag. It's a rose. It's a USB charger. It has 10 different sucking frequencies. Ooh. It was good. <laughs> so if you watch that episode, it's really fun. It's amazing to be with three beautiful women who know about business and want to do business and want to grow their business. So go visit us there, or you can visit us at uh, the Stereo app. On October 16th, I went to do a 5K in the Bronx with the Bronx District Attorney's Office. And the 5K was to um, have a domestic violence awareness. That's what it was about. So following that, on October 22nd, episode four was related to domestic violence awareness. So episode four is a little sad and was a little nervous and was a little crazy. 
but I got through it. Um, and the, the episode really talks about defining domestic violence, what it means, who you can call. And um, I included in that episode a beautiful poem from Linda Collier. So please, if you get a chance, go there and you can watch it on YouTube. It's on Twitch. It's on Facebook also. And you'll see her video there um, about domestic violence. It's pretty strong and pretty, you know, kind of depressing, but it is awareness and it's a beautiful, I mean, Linda Collier is the best. So tonight we're going to talk about the New York elections, general elections. I'm going to go through, like I said, a couple of videos, a couple of definitions, what uh, each candidate who's running, just brief general information. But in the meantime, here's a little video. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you are not currently following us, please do so. That's the best and cheapest and free support that you can do. If you um, don't like my podcast, it's fine. Um, this podcast is not for everyone. But um, if I can take some time out of my day to give you information, that's what the podcast is about. And if you learn something from listening or taking some even five minutes within your day to just come in and get some information, um, that's fine also. But the best place to find the resources and everything that the podcast is about is on our website. Take a moment, www.saltycoffeepodcast.com. I upload it myself. I create the content on it myself. I create the videos myself. I do this hands-free, word-free, open word. <laughs> this is how I do it. So if you're here and you want to say hello, say hello so that I know you're here. This is actually live now. I'm actually here live. This is not a replay. Tonight's topic is going to be the New York City general elections. So as you already know, you if you live in New York City, you would have gotten the voter's guide. And I think that was something that people were fighting to do in New York. So let me just tell you a little bit about what's going on in New York. There's a lot going on, you know. For many years, um, about 15 to 10 years ago, I was an advocate. And I used to go to Albany every year with our union and lobby. And one of the things that we lobbied about was to extend voting you know the election 
And one of the reasons why we did that was because not everybody gets election day off, right? I am fortunate enough to get that day off. But I want people to understand that there are people out there really advocating for you. While you're there, you, family, friends, are all working three jobs, four jobs, one job, 10 gigs, um, you don't have time to really sit down and think about elections, right? All you know is that, you know, the presidential election, the presidential, and it is so important with this last presidential election, not this most recent one, but the one prior to that, it's very important for people to know that local elections is really where you're going to make the change. Local elections is really, 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 really that's going to make a difference in your community and for you as well. And as we already know, sometimes voting is just weird. You know, you it's just too complicated. It's too, um, you know, like what? What are, what are they doing? They're not doing anything. And then, you know, good people go in with good intentions, right? To advocate for their community and their people, but it turns out sometimes that they have to adhere to the policies and the procedures of what it is that they're due and their scope of their, their responsibilities, right? And many times they have to adhere to their constituents. It's not about the poor people, it's about the taxpayers. It's not about the taxpayers, it's about the developers. It's not about the, you know, so it gets a little complicated and we have to really, really think about who we're voting, why we're voting for them, what is their intentions coming in, and we need to make sure that when we are looking at what they're saying, we need to pay attention to what they're not saying. So, let's see here. How's everyone doing? Who's still here with me? Say hello. Hola, amigos. Como están? Let's see. Um, so, give me one second. I'm just looking for um, So, if you have not registered to vote, or your children who are over 18 are not registered to vote, please make sure you do. Please go over with your family the voter guide. I'm going through the voter guide now. So city offices, the mayor, the mayor is the leader of our city government. Oh, really? Once elected, they can serve up to two consecutive terms. Each term is four years. So you already know that at one point it was four years, right? And guess who changed that? Guess who made that change? Bloomberg. Bloomberg was like, oh, we're changing that. We're changing that to eight, eight years, two terms. So Bloomberg changed that where they can do two consecutive terms at a time. And now we're stuck with, uh, what's his face? De Blasio. Yeah, that guy. Listen, I don't have anything personal or anything to say, but I think some of these people could have done a better job. I know that the job is hard. I exactly know that. But once again, it's always about the wealthy and what they want, tax write-offs, subsidies, and the working class is always left, especially in the Bronx, 
we're left always last, always. We're always last. But that's about to change soon. Um, there's a lot of people from Manhattan who can't afford to live there anymore who's moving to the Bronx. So hopefully they don't change it to the point where everybody's out. But we'll see. We shall see. So proposes, um, the mayor also proposes the city's budget, signs of vetoes, uh, signs or vetoes bills passed by the city council. Interesting. Appoints leaders to city agencies, including the school's chancellor and police commissioner. Mm -hmm. Set priorities and policy for city agencies. Manages city land. Impact affordable housing, public parks, and street cleaning. So that's what the mayor does. That's his job. So if we, if we go over the list, I'm not going to go over it. I'm not, I'm not going to do it because it's just not making any sense. So right now, the New York City general election is the mayor. Um, there are currently two people who are on the lead, which is Eric Adams. And what's that guy's name? Everybody knows him as the guardian angel guy, Curtis A. Suila, right? So those are the, the two, two top people right now. Everybody's talking about them too. And then you know what? Let me share. Let me share that video now, because <laughs> I was gonna go through the Bronx uh, Borough President people, but I want to share something from uh, these two guys. <laughs> yeah, they're so funny. All right, you guys all know um, this is Jesus and Meta, right? The, the Jamaican guy, and the, well, I still call them the Bodega Boys, right? They've moved up so high that, you know, Jesus and Mero is their name and their showtime. Um, so we've lost a lot of, you know, good stuff because not everybody can afford, you know, showtime and cable, but whatever. They're doing it, they're doing their thing, and I'm proud of them. Mr. Adams, do 
So that was Jesus and Mero. They're funny. Yo, welcome to the Jesus and Mero YouTube channel. Oh, right. sorry. Subscribe, you know what I mean? That's right. We got a lot of digital content in here to keep you up in between our shows. So be sure to like, subscribe, and, you know, click like the video. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, so we also have a election, general election in New York City for the new, uh, the public advocate. And the public advocate is a non-voting member of the New York City Council. Once elected, they may serve up to two consecutive terms. Each term is four years. Same thing, four years. So let's see what they do. If the mayor leaves office, the public advocate will act as a mayor until a special election is held. Introduces and co-sponsors bills in the city council, assesses whether agencies are Responsive to the public. Hmm. Investigates citizens' complaints about city services. Pretty interesting. That is the public advocate. And then the public advocates who are trying, let's say, we have the top two. Oh, there's three of them. Jumaine D. Williams, who's a Democrat, Devi Napiaparampapi, a Republican, and his motto is Save Our City, Anthony Huber, Sr., conservative, 
Independent, and Devin W. Balkin. I don't know any of the three, but if, like I said, if you have the voter guide, go ahead and follow that. The Comptroller. The Comptroller manages and oversees the city's finances. One elected, once elected, they can serve up to two consecutive terms. Each term is four years. And what they do is audit city agencies and contracts, prevents abuses in contracting, manages budgets, bonds, and city investments like trust and pension funds. Hmm. Interesting. Advises the mayor and city council on the city's financial condition. And there are two very important, very important elections for me specifically, which is the borough president for the Bronx and city councils. So the borough presidents, the borough president the borough president serves as an advocate for their borough. Once elected, they can serve up to two consecutive terms. Each term is four years. We have in the Bronx, Ruben Diaz Jr. Uh, they consult with the mayor on the annual budget. They provi provide grants to local organizations advises on rezoning and land use issues, appoints representatives to the city planning commission and community boards. So just so you know, from the borough president level, there are borough uh, community boards, right? So every zip code has a community board. When you have an issue, it is very important that you go to your community board meetings, that you know who your community, which community board you belong to based on where you live, because nine out of 10 times, they're the ones who are out there making these decisions to then go and report to the borough president's office. And many of those decisions are not so um, fancy and very um, selective and exclusive. So, and then now we have the city council. The city council is the legislative or lawmaking branch of the New York City's government. There are 51 members, once elected, I'm sorry, my light just went out. Once elected, council members can serve up to two consecutive terms. Each term is four years. So what they do is they, they introduces and votes on bills, negotiates and approves the city's budget, monitors city agencies, makes decisions about the growth and development of the city, of our city. So the council member elected in 2021 will serve a two-year term following the 2020 census. City council districts will be redrawn to adjust for changes in population in 2023. Candidates will run for two-term, two-year term in the new district. Huh. In 2025, a four-year council term will resume. So I am part of uh, District 15, 
and through the general elections because the district council person that oversaw my um, district, he moved on to become an assembly person. And um, now we have Mr. Oswald Feliz, which we're happy for, but he, um, I think he still has to run, right? He still has to be elected. So let me give you a little bit about the two major top candidates for both president in the Bronx. And now let me tell you something. I'm really pissed off because um, hmm. when I went to go check for uh, Vanessa Gibson, who's my favorite person in the Bronx, because in, in the debates, in one of the debates for the borough presidents um, who are running for the Bronx, she clearly is very well known. She is everywhere. She doesn't pop up when election time comes up. She is, she's literally everywhere. And when she said that, I know she is because I'm at work every day and I come home and I do this and I do research and I'm in the library all the time. And I know she's around. So I'm upset because one of the videos that I saw for her, they, under the New York City Votes and New York City Campaign Finance Board, they wrote that she's running for Brooklyn Borough, even though the video says it's the Bronx. So please, when you hire people to do your <laughs> YouTube videos and the content, make sure that they know what they're talking about. Anyways, two to lose with that. But you'll see what I mean once I add it here to the stream. You see right there? What does that say? Candidate for Brooklyn Borough President. It's the Bronx. Bronx Borough President. He's a primary election candidate for the Bronx, not Brooklyn. You could have seen the video as you were typing the. Anyway, <laughs> let's see what she has to say. I love her. And I am running for Bronx Borough President because we need a champion who will make sure we emerge from the COVID-19 pandemic stronger than ever. For the last 12 years, I fought for Bronxites as a state assembly member and most recently the city council. I have brought thousands of new quality jobs to the Bronx, passed landmark legislation, the universal right to counsel to provide all tenants with legal representation facing evictions and work to make our borough safer while ensuring a fairer criminal justice system. I have invested in anti-gun violence initiatives and worked to reduce the plague of gun violence in our community. I have invested millions in our local schools, expanded on school-based health centers, worked to address the digital divide and focus on restorative justice healing centers, and trauma-informed care for students and families. I support thousands of new units of affordable housing and invested millions into our public housing development for capital renovation. Affordable housing is a fundamental right. We must create mixed-income housing that provides mobility while recognizing the need for housing for formerly homeless families, domestic violence survivors, LGBTQ youth, seniors, and veterans. This pandemic has exposed systemic health disparities that we all knew existed, which is why I'm committed to 
lack of healthy food options. We can no longer be the unhealthiest county in New York State. It's time to utilize the space we have to create urban farming, expand our community gardens, and use a farmer's market. Don't know what happened there. Hmm. He's going on, but she's not. So I don't know what happened. That's bad. I wonder if they can do the sign language. Anyway. Vanessa Gibson is a the beautiful guide is a nonpartisan resource produced by the campaign finance board. She's a, an amazing person, and she has been in many events that I've participated in, including the 5K um, Bronx District Attorney's Office uh, Domestic Violence Awareness Run. And um, she's just very powerful. Her words come very genuine. She knows what she's talking about. She knows what's needed. She knows how to in my opinion she is very knowledgeable about how she can make sure that everyone is on the same level when it comes to giving uh, subsidies to the developers to making sure that the money and the funding is going that, that's appropriated equally i'll give you an example um one of her debates they were talking about this location in Kingsbridge that has a, a old uh, it's like an armory type of place and they wanted to build a hockey um, hockey I guess I don't know whatever you call it but a hockey field I guess and you know I don't I don't know where they're at and what the status is on it but it her point was if we're going to do that, you need to make sure that people are hired who live in the Bronx, that students who can participate live in the Bronx, and not just for the wealthy part. Because let me tell you, there is a very high section in the Bronx with elites, and, and this is the Riverdale area. And the Riverdale area has very wealthy people. Mike Tyson had a house up there, back there in Riverdale. So don't get it twisted they don't want to say that they live in the bronx when they you know but then when when there's money from the government coming in as subsidies and tax write-offs and all of that stuff they're quick to say yeah i'm from the bronx you know and rezoning has been something that's happening a lot in the bronx where they keep cutting you know okay so now we're gonna have this you know rezoning in my opinion is red I'm just saying. Anyway, so that was Vanessa Gibson, and I'm so mad that the video didn't work to its completion. I don't know what happened. But let me show you now the the guy who's um, running with her, Sammy Ravello. Um, nice guy, you know. I've never seen him, never met him, never heard from him. I don't even know what he is now, but he is a candidate and running. Hello, everyone. I came to the Bronx from the Dominican Republic when I was 16 years old. My American story began here in the Bronx, 
My mother brought me here on a student visa and I overstayed. As an undocumented teenager, I did not have many options. So I worked in the corner grocery store, I pumped gas, and I worked in the supermarket. I am proud to say that I have lived the American dream. As an immigrant from the Dominican Republic, I understand the dreams and aspirations of all those who came to this country for a better life and found one. In appreciation to all the blessings my new country has afforded me, I decided to devote my life to its service. First in the United States Navy, where I served in the Gulf War, and then for 25 years in the New York Police Department, from which I recently retired as a lieutenant. I consider my desire to become Bronx Borough President a continuation of my public service career. For more than 50 years, the Bronx has been last in education, housing, and healthcare outcomes. Violent crime is up a staggering 20%. Today, more than half of the population in the Bronx lives below 185% of the poverty level. The same politicians that got us into this mess now are now asking you to reward them with a new job. It is time to change and give new leaders a chance to bring new ideas and voices to the Bronx. Thank you. The Voter Guide is a nonpartisan resource produced by the Campaign Finance Board. So that was Sammy Ravello. And I want I want you guys to really pay attention to what's going on and how difficult it is for women to come into um, political policies and, and run and, and how hard it is specifically for uh, a woman, a black woman like Vanessa to really get in there. Um, her voice is so strong and I'm really hoping that people are paying attention and are not focused on the surface and, and really go out there, go visit their office, go make an appointment, go talk to them personally. Vanessa is that type of person. Um, I don't know, like I said, I don't know much about Sammy, but I've been living in this district where I live and Vanessa's uh, district is my sister district. So my district is with Oswald Felice and next to that is with Vanessa. So what happens in Vanessa's district affects our district. So don't get it twisted. Make sure you know who you vote for if you're still in the Bronx, if you're in the Bronx, if you have family that live here, make sure that they are aware who's running. And, you know, I wish Vanessa good luck and I want um, the best I volunteered um, to assist on the two days of election go do that if you have time volunteer a couple of hours here and there make sure that you are uh, aware I just want to make people aware that there are people out here advocating for you and your family to make sure that um you know, I don't have children anymore. I don't have small children. But that doesn't mean that I don't want the best for the children of the people who live in my community. I want the best for them too. So we need to really make a big effort 
to make sure that the people that we put in office, we, and, and if they don't win the ones that you want, right, let's just say, make sure that the ones that do get elected, that they are held accountable, you know, for making sure that what they do is correct and um, we get our, you know, stuff together. Can you put a little video? How's everyone doing? Who's still here with me? Hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Everybody's so quiet. I know this is serious stuff. You know, Halloween is coming. <sighs> Whew, Halloween is tough, right? I'm going to play a little video. In the meantime, I'm going to go take a bathroom break. Perfect timing. <laughs> I didn't run back. Man, Whew, I got back from break. Was a workout. Wow. So, how's everyone doing? Everybody's doing good. I just wanted to let you know that I'm excited because I'm really close to my goal and everything that I set out to do um, by December 31st. So I've accomplished many goals that I wanted to do and I have two more and I'm working on it, I'm working on it. Sorry, I'm winded, whew. Anyway, whew. Let's see if we can find, uh, let's go over the, um, mayor's uh debate because i haven't seen the whole thing i haven't had a chance to see the whole thing but i think it would be interesting to look at the questions so if you're just walking in welcome thank you for joining me i'm salty coffee the host i'm wanda the host of salty coffee podcast this podcast started a year ago i'm still in the learning process I'm working my ass off to do as much research as I can to know how to do this better. And so far, so good. So we are, I want to let you know where we are, where you can find us. We are on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, and my, my website, www.saltycoffeepodcast.com. And we are also on YouTube, TikTok. Instagram, Twitch, Facebook, and Twitter. So if you just search on Bing, whatever search engine that you use, because not everybody uses Google, um, just search Salty Coffee Podcast and you'll find me. 
this season is a uh, season three, episode five. And the theme for this year is building bridges. So what I'm doing now is I'm traveling out to visit the people who I'm interviewing. Aside from interviewing people, I am also um, attempting to do more research on politics and uh, running your own business. And I'm excited to say that I have been blessed with moving offices. <laughs> I'm so excited about moving my office. I don't know why, but I just think it's, it, it was much needed. And I'm excited about that. And um, by this year, I should make a decision what I want to do, whether I want to stay in New York or move somewhere else. I'm not leaving my job, though. Not doing that just yet. But I am so glad that you are still here in my journey with my retirement. So that's coming closer and closer. So I'm excited because the market is going up. I learned so much with the Black Business School with Dr. Boyce Watkins. And that's exciting because uh, the money and the investments was good to me. And I am blessed. And, you know, that's what we talk about here on Salty Coffee. So going back, I want to let you know also what... uh because we just got in to two new states, Arkansas and Illinois. Can you believe that? Arkansas and Illinois. That's crazy. So after a couple of these videos and one song, I'm going to post the debate. So if you're still here, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in and just staying in and hanging in there. Um, I see most of you are there. And <clears throat> here's a, uh, let's do, let's do uh, Party Hardy from Miss Shelby. So this episode has been brought to you by Miss Shelby, Party Hardy. <laughs>
That's what I want to do. I want to party hard all night. And that is Miss Shelby all the way from Vosburg, Mississippi. She is amazing. I met her and her family. She is awesome. And she has a new track, You and Me. And I think she has another one. She has a couple of, she has more songs that I can ca- keep up with. But um, she's amazing. I love her. She's often played on Kiss FM 104 from Mississippi. And you can listen to that radio on Sunday, Sundays. Um, that's most of the time where they she's played. And you can watch, you can listen to it on online. So we're gonna go ahead and um, you don't have to stay, but I will be posting now the live stream for the mayoral debate that was recorded on October twenty sixth. Because this is about the elections and the mayoral debate and election is very important in New York. We need to get our shit together. We need to be united and we need to make sure that whoever we elect understands the situation at hand, what we need, and not just because, like, I wish that you don't see who you're voting for, but it's important to listen carefully, you know, and not judge people. And and hopefully you understand that, you know. We did, we've done so many mistakes um, previously, but New York will never change. One thing that I have to say about New York, when we do need to get together, we get together and we help each other out. September 11, 911. That's what we, like, bottom line, we are, we we were so united around that time that it's amazing. Contrary to what people may want to believe about racism and, you know, all of that other stuff, we don't really think about that. We really don't. We want the best for everyone. Hurricane Sandy, Hurricane Irene, I mean, you name it, we've been there. (laughs) Um, Hurricane Wanda. (laughs) She came the other day. She's just like, hey, I'm passing by. And she hit us a little hard in some places. But at the end of the day, we all get together. The pandemic last year, I mean, we were hardcore empty. <laughs> everybody, everybody left. And I didn't realize how many tourists come to New York and how many people who live in New York had to stay home. I mean, it was crazy last year. It, uh, 2020 just is a blur to me still. And 2021 just happened so quickly. We're in October already. Can you believe that? So let's go, let's start watching this debate. So go get your popcorn and your wine. This is going to be interesting. Now, here is your moderator, Eyewitness News anchor, Bill Redder. Good evening, everyone, and welcome. One week from tonight, New Yorkers will elect their 110th mayor. Now, whoever is elected will, I think it's safe to say, 
likely face the biggest challenges of any new mayor in this city. Keep the pandemic at bay. Keep New Yorkers healthy. Keep our streets safe from violent fences. Keep gun insanity. Get rid of it. It's so problematic. Keep people in their homes or get them off the street and into homes and bring back business and jobs. Our tale of two cities, the haves and have-nots, which the current mayor used as a kind of political mantra when he was elected eight years ago, is more profound now than ever. Our goal tonight is to help you understand who these two candidates are, why they want the job, what they do if they had it, and how they would deal with so many very tough questions that don't have easy Candidates, we're looking forward to hearing tonight how you plan to do all that, and let me formally introduce you. First, the Democratic nominee, Eric Adams, who's now the borough president of Brooklyn, and the Republican nominee, Curtis Lewald, founder of the Guardian Angel. And with me tonight to ask questions, First, WABC political reporter Dave Evans, David, and Univision 41 news anchor Mariela Salgado. Mariela, nice to see you. We are following, by the way, COVID precautions, including social distancing and no audience in the studio. For the visually impaired who would like a description of the participants and the stage, the Campaign Finance Board has set up a Twitter page to describe the participants and the stage. It's at NYCF. Make that NYC CFC. Now, here are the rules. Each candidate will have one minute to answer the question with an opportunity for a quick 30 second rebuttal to the candidate who gets the question first. For follow up questions, 30 seconds. Answers by random drawing. First question goes to Mr. Adams, and it comes from political reporter Dave Evans. And I would we're going to begin with the issue of guns and crime. Thank you, Bill. We are kind of far apart, so if you can't hear me, I, I can certainly speak up. So just <laughs> let me know if you can't hear me. Be fine. Uh, Mr. Adams, during the pandemic, we've seen uh, an alarming uptick in shootings and murders. Um, you have said in the past that you think stop and frisk, or as you say, stop, question and frisk, can at times be an effective tool. But of course, as we saw it used during the Bloomberg administration, it was declared unconstitutional because it targeted young black and brown men. My question to you is, can you give me an example of when and how you think stop, question, and frisk can be an effective tool? Uh, yes, thank you. And you know, when you talk about those young men um, who were stopped, one of them uh, was actually my son. He was stopped, he was questioned, he even identified and stated uh, that my dad is a state senator and it didn't matter and it traumatized him until today. I watch his face every time a car drives by. Here's the way you use it correctly in a plan that I'm going to implement. Number one, you call someone to state that there's a person in front of my home carrying a gun, I saw it in his waistband. The police officer that responds, he has an obligation to stop this person, question this person, and if it escalates to another level, then he can frisk this person. That's the proper use. That is not what we were doing in the city. In this city, we had a predetermined number that we were telling officers to do every day, and they were targeting black and brown communities. That is an abuse of the tool. The tool that's abused is no longer a tool, it's a weapon. Thank you, Mr. Mr. Sleewood, do you disagree? Uh, I must tell you, it's amazing uh, that my opponent, Eric Adams, just this morning on The Breakfast Club said that he had met with gang leaders with bodies. That means gang leaders who kill and gang leaders who kill awaiting trial. Did you? Stop questioning and frisk them? Did you report that to the police? Could you tell us who those gang leaders were that you met with and which gang? 
Whitewater is an example. What kind of an example would you see Mr. Lee Walker stop and frisk? Well, that's a perfect example. And, 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 and I'll, I'll, I'll follow up and ask Mr. Adams his response to what you said about known gang members. Those are the people you're going to stop and frisk because they're the ones in retaliatory shootings and drive-bys that are causing people to have to live in solitary confinement in their neighborhood. Mr. Adams, do you care to respond to what you said this morning about meeting with gang members? Oh, yes, it's so important. And let's be clear, only one candidate on this stage that actually fakes crime. We need to be clear on that. While I was protecting people in this city, this candidate on the other side was faking crime. Here's what I'm doing. Public safety is intervention and prevention. Intervention is right now. I'm speaking to those who have committed crime to get them out of gangs and tell them what are the paths, what are the issues. You can find and learn so much on those who commit crimes, like I spoke to the men and women at, or the men at Rikers Island when I went to visit there. It's time for us to find out what is causing the violence as well as being intervention and addressing that violence right now. I have a comprehensive plan that I discussed of addressing violence and how we're going to target those gang members that are using guns. Mr. Adams, I'm a victim of gang violence. I was shot on the orders of John Gotti Sr. to the Gambino crime family, shot five times with hollow point bullets. Would you have sat down with the Gambino crime family and my shooter, Michael Iannotti, and sat down with them and tried to negotiate organized crime peace? That makes no sense at all. You haven't even met with the police union. And you're meeting with gang leaders who are responsible for bodies. That means they killed people. And you meet with them and not with the police union? But let, let's move on to a, a, a related question, I think. Uh, Mayor de Blasio this year disbanded a controversial plainclothes uh, unit, the anti-crime unit, uh, because it was so aggressive. Uh, it was involved, of course, in the death of Eric Garner back in 2014. Mr. Adams, you have said that you want to bring that group back of undercover police officers. Albeit, you have said with many changes. Why do you want it back? Well, I have a clear plan on public safety, and that fits into my overall plan on public safety. See, patrol is both something that you are acknowledging the officers that are out there and those who don't know that's up out there. That's the balance. If you have the right plainclothes anti-gun unit, that unit will target gangs, target those who are using guns. What you do is keep the imbalance and make sure that those officers are doing their job correctly. How would I do it? They were number one, we have the technology. Turn on the cameras. Make sure those cameras remain on so that you see the interaction between uh, police and those who are being identified as committing crime and have the officers assigned appropriately. Listen, it's about conflict resolution, well-trained officers, not what we did in the past under the street crime unit, the unit that I talked about in federal court when I testified against that abuse. Mr. Slee, what do you think that this is a good idea to bring the unit back? 30 seconds. We, we, we've got to keep it real here because the problem within the NYPD is they've gone from 5,500 detectives down to 3,500. They can't investigate all the cases. So you look in Brooklyn, where Eric Adams is still the borough president, three out of four of the gang gun cases are not being investigated. There are no arrests that have been made. And Eric, you haven't been at the gang site. Mother Gaston Boulevard, five were shot drive-by Brownsville. Roosevelt Homes, eight were shot. You weren't there. Haitian mother shot twice by gangs in Crown Heights. You weren't there. And
shooting of that 16-year-old girl. All in Brooklyn, where crime and gang violence has exploded. We you haven't done your job. We all agree crime has got to stop, and we all want to see it stop, uh, and especially gun crime. Uh, let's move on to another step. We had a lot to talk about in this one hour because this is a complex city. And we're going to start our next round of questions with Mary Allison. Thank you, Bill. Gentlemen, we're going to talk about education, something of real concern to parents. We'll start with you, Mr. Sliwa. Major de Blasio announced plans to phase out gifted and talented programs and replace it with something called Brilliant NYC, which is basically a program to train teachers, a focus on teacher training. But the reality is that although the majority of the students of the largest district in the nation are Black and Hispanic, their participation is less than a quarter in the program. Do you agree with gifted uh, and talented? Would you keep it? Uh, I have a personal experience in that both of my youngest sons attempted to get into gifted and talented in Queens. Uh, there are about 65,000 children in kindergarten, only 2,500 available slots. I would expand the number of gifted and talented opportunities, especially in the inner city. I don't care if only three or four take the test and qualify. They should be gifted and talented in every school and children who qualify, whether they're black or Hispanic or white or Asian or Southeast Asian, should be given that opportunity. But there's blowback now because Asians and Southeast Asians are doing so well. They beat out my two youngest sons for gifted and talented. They deserved it. There should be more gifted and talented slots so others, like my youngest sons and other sons and daughters, can have that same opportunity. We can do it. We can expand gifted and talented. Mr. Adams, would you expand it as well? Would you keep the current gifted and talented? Uh, when it comes down to this topic, it's not only professional, it's personal. Uh, you know, I talk about it all the time, sitting inside the classroom with a learning disability, discovering it uh, once I got to college. Uh, that's the failure. If we don't educate, we will incarcerate. I would not only expand the program, I would also have parents of uh, the children to opt out of taking the test. This way, we would catch all the children who are capable of being gifted and talented. But also, let's also focus on those children that learn differently, those who have learning disabilities, dyslexia. Let's make sure we provide educational opportunities for them. I would do universal screening of dyslexia and give the support where it is needed. And we must redefine education in our system, in our system, not only from K through 12, but from pregnancy through profession. That is how we educate in the 21st century. And I'm excited about what we can do with gifted and talented. And not only an exam is a gift and talent, let's look at all ways our children are gifted and talented. Thank you, Mr. Adams. A follow-up question for you, Mr. Sliwa. Just today, an FDA panel authorized vaccination for the youngest children from five to 11 years of age. Would you uh, support or require those children to be vaccinated in school? And what about those families who don't want their children to be vaccinated? Would there be an option for those parents? Well, I met many of those families yesterday as they marched uh, from Metro Tech across the Brooklyn Bridge to City Hall to say, wait a second, we just got our children back into public schools. The religious schools and the parochial schools did a magnificent job last year having children in the classroom with their teachers. Finally, we get the children in the public schools, like my own son, three sons. I have one in high school, junior high school, elementary school. And now all of a sudden, if they can't get the vaccine, or because of religious belief they can't get the vaccine, or the parents are not involved and decide the child should not have the vaccine after a year and a half of playing Fortnite, of roadblocks, of not getting educated, we 
of a year and a half of education, we're going to kick them out. We're going to expel them. What kind of compassion, what kind of care is that from a government that says, if you don't do what we say, you're out. Kicking kids out of school? No, absolutely not. Thank you, Mr. Mr. Adams. What would be your take on that? Would you make kids get vaccinated or would you give parents an option remote up, perhaps? But this issue is just such an emotional issue that's understandable. It's our children, it's our babies. Uh, but let me be clear, New Yorkers. Uh, I was there on the ground. I saw what happened to this city. I saw the bodies in front of our hospitals, uh, temporarily mauled. I saw the countless number of people who lost loved ones, leaving their family at the hospital. I know what COVID did to our city, a formidable opponent. And when we engage in a conversation, we must do it in a responsible way. Not only must we support and protect those children, but also the children they come in contact with. So we should have options. I am open to having the remote uh, options of education. I am open to look at those that the Lord allows if you have religious belief. I'm able, I believe we should look at that, but we can't go backwards. COVID devastated our city, our economy, the communities, and families are still living with the trauma of COVID. I'm not going to go backwards. We must protect the people in the city. So you will oh, offer and, and We're going to face firing civil servants this Friday. Hero police officers, firefighters, sanitation workers, healthcare workers who have already been told either you're vaccinated or you're fired. All right. Teachers, this Friday, it is a disgrace. Right. These people end these mandates, and when I'm mayor, I'm hiring them all back, and I'm giving them back pay. This is a violation of their rights. Get right. vaccinated, no but more importantly, if you okay, can't, Mr. Mr. Alone, Mr. then you should. Let's you absolutely should Mr. be Mr. able Mr. to get tested once a week. Let's just try to keep to the time, please. We've got a lot to cover. Let's just continue with this COVID a situation because we I want to talk about the Friday deadline. The mayor has ordered all city workers to be vaccinated and inoculated by then. If not, if they don't get the shot, they're not fired, sir. They're on leave. And there's a very big difference. But that has its own problems. But I want to talk about strategy. Mr. Adams, what, no pay, what's your strategy? No what's your strategy about these mandates? And because whoever's elected could inherit thousands of critical workers and first responders uh, who may have walked off their jobs because they refused to get how do you protect the city? Uh, Bill, uh, let's be clear. I was one of them. Uh, you know, I didn't them. walk off the job. No, I was one of them that was a civil servant. Uh, I did not get here uh, merely because I woke up one day. I protected this, this city. I know what it is to be a first-line responder. And here's what I would have done that I think the man did not do. I would have communicated with the union, like I've done so often. And it's about sitting down. What are they asking for? They may want to know what happens on the day that you take uh, the, uh, get the vaccination or if someone gets ill after the vaccination. So there are questions, and we don't know what those questions are. I would have engaged in credible messages. That's how you get things done. You speak with the credible messages of the head of the union and come up with a resolution, and I believe we can accomplish that. What about talking to your friend and teammate and the man who says he's your political advisor, the mayor, Bill de Blasio, and telling him to stop this mandate? Do not fire these people on Friday. And again, it could have been tested once a week if they couldn't be vaccinated or wouldn't be vaccinated. It was working with the police. It was working with the firefighters. Would you agree with me? They should not be furloughed this Friday. Curtis, I would agree with you that you should display a level of discipline. They laid out rules here, and you should try to show that. You're acting 
like my son when he was four years old. Show some discipline so we can get to all of these issues. You're interrupting, you're being disrespectful. Show a level of dis discipline. You want to be the mayor of the city of New York? Start with discipline. Eric, show compassion, show care. Don't just be a robot. People are going to lose their jobs, their income. And when I hire them back, I give them the full pay. Thank you, Mr. That's right. what I'm going to do. We're going to move on to the next subject. Uh, Dave, you're directed to. Mr. Sliwat, your opponent has at times referred over the last couple of weeks, several times, called you a clown. Uh, he has called you uh, a Trump mini-me. I wanted to see your reaction to that, but I also, by your own admission, you faced crimes, a kidnapping, a robbery in the 90s. So why should voters in New York trust you? Well, you know, it's interesting. He calls me a clown. I guess I'm probably asking, like across the street. As you know, uh, I could be in Lincoln Center. That's so beneath you, Eric Adams, especially after you wrote an op-ed piece praising the guardian angel. Did I make mistakes early on? Yes. And I've apologized for them. We're talking about faking. You fake where you live, Eric Adams. We still don't know where you live. You live in Jersey, most people say. And then you blame a homeless person for your accounting problems with the IRS. For the second time, you've gotten in trouble for wrong filings, and you blame some homeless man that you have as your accountant. I hope you don't appoint him if you get elected mayor, the budget director for the city of New York, because Bill de Blasio, your friend, has done enough damage to the city. I can't imagine why you wouldn't just take responsibility. Man up, Eric. Say, it's my responsibility, and I'd like to know where you actually live, because you keep faking that. Did you, did you care to respond and also you stand by your comments about him being a clown and a buffoon? Well, I think New Yorkers are seeing uh, the example uh, of the clown-like actions. And listen, we're not we're not his circuits, New Yorkers. And yes, I praise the guardian angels, but it really devastated me after protecting their right to control the subways to find out that they were faking crimes. New Yorkers understand this. It is a crime to fake a crime. He faked the kidnap. He faked the robbery. He faked that he found the gun. He hid money so he would not have to pay child support. That's, oh, that's, that's not the that city I want to live in. That is scurrilous that you would say that I hid money. I paid every penny of my child support for my three sons, Anthony, Carter, and Hunter. How dare you bring my family into this? I haven't. I haven't at all brought your family into your problem. Please, show some discipline. A modicum of civility. Keep our families honest. Okay, let's move on. Mariel? Yeah, start with you, Mr. Adams. During the George Floyd protest, while most were peaceful, we did see some looting and some violence. First, the mayor was criticized for not doing enough, not having enough cops. Also, some accused officers of being overly aggressive. Right now, 65 officers are facing departmental charges. If you were mayor, how would you handle that situation? Uh, you know, thank you. You know, policing is a difficult task. I know how difficult it is, but you know, the nobility of public protection is crucial, and it must be held to a high standard. So, I would do an analysis of the charges. If you said something that was discourteous or disrespectful, then you should have a penalty that's suitable to that. But if you pull down the face mask of someone and mace them in the face while their hands were up, you cannot serve in my department. You cannot allow someone to cross the line. 
And far too many officers have called me and stated that we want a police department that is respected and we build trust in our community. And those are the officers we want to serve and protect our city. So it depends on the crime, it depends on the allegations and what they were found guilty of, I would take appropriate action. Fair, but they will be appropriate action. Mr. Fleur, how would you have handled those protests if you had been mayor? I will tell you this, uh, police are always getting criticized. I remember in that summer, when there was rioting, shooting, and looting in the streets after Mr. Floyd was killed in the streets of South Minneapolis. I noticed Eric Adams was not defending members of the police department who are under attack, who are being assaulted. Look, Molotov cocktails being thrown into their van, graffiti all over the city at the police. All cops are bastards. All cops are bitches. Get of that graffiti is up in the city. Where was Curtis Sleeva? I was out in the streets with the guardian angel. When Bill de Blasio, your partner, your teammate in that summer, was telling the cops to stand down, and Chief of Patrol Pachado said, no, 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 and quit. I stood with Pachado. You stood with de Blasio. I went into the streets. I got a broken jaw fighting off the looters and shooters with the guardian angel. We were the only people standing up to the mob. Where were you ever? What were you doing? Were you defending the police then? The answer is no. You didn't defend the police at all. You abandoned them. I will never abandon the police department. Uh, no, I do not, because the record is clear. Everyone knows the position I took around uh, anyone that did anything inappropriate. Everyone knows the op-ed I signed on to. Everyone knows I stood against violence. My record is clear. 35 uninterrupted years from fighting on behalf of New Yorkers. I'm proud of that, and everyone in this city is aware of that. Okay. Let me uh, let's move on to the economy because a lot of people are interested in that. The pandemic has caused a recession, and we're still trying to climb out of it. New York City's budget about $99 billion. That's bigger than the budget of all but four of the states in the United States. The city cannot, of course, rely on federal bailouts to reopen all those full storefronts that plague the city. Um, let's start with Mr. Stigler. What's your strategy? Do you intend to raise taxes, and which ones? And if you have to cut the city's budget, what would be cut? First and foremost, thrive. The non-existent mental health program devised by, again, your teammate, Bill de Blasio, who never criticized him or his wife. One and a quarter billion dollars spent in five years, we've seen no results. That program gets disbanded. It will not continue when I'm mayor. The Department of Education. $33 billion. And the teachers are not seeing the money. Teachers have to reach into their pockets to pay for supplies of children. There is total bureaucratic control at the Department of Education. Nobody seems to know what these overpaid bureaucrats do. Give more control to the principals, more control to the teachers who are taking care of our most precious kids, the children of our city. And I would like you right now acknowledge that you would disband thrive if you happen to be elected mayor of the city of new york because you've never criticized it because it was the program of bill de blasio and his wife i, I want to get this right this is one thing you made when you're saying you would cut the department of education budget public school budget well i would filter the money that they waste at the top into the classrooms for the teachers for the principals to educate the children because most okay. of that money gets spent in the bureaucracy while
followed up into that board. Mr. Adams, the same question to you. You know how tough it is out there. What would you do if you had to cut the budget in New York City? And would you really cut? You know, and when you think about the budget, you know, I say do the same thing we ask everyday New Yorkers to do. Uh, spend what you take in. Uh, when you look at the other years, uh, 2022, 23, 2023, 20, and 2024, uh, we're looking at a specific average of $4 billion each year. We failed. Uh, to look at the resources that we received from the federal government. Uh, we had cost savings of only 44%. 38% came from uh, our reserve fund, and 18% came from the federal government. That's not sustainable. So what do I do? And here's my plan. Number one, uh, we want to say to every agency, 3 to 5% pay cut across the board. No layoff, because we're not going to impact those low-income employees still civil service. Two, let's go after the families and help them. Universal child care to get our families working and able to be employed. Build our economy. We're too bureaucratic, too expensive, and too difficult to do business with. We can turn around this economy by, number one, looking after the families, getting them employed, and number two, have a more efficient government. Okay. We're not doing that. Thank you. Let me ask you both a question. Simple question. Before I get to this, come January 1st, we're going to be the highest tax state in the country, between all the taxes, between the city and the state. A lot of people want, want me to ask this question. Are you, and with a show of hands, are you pledging not to raise taxes if you're elected? I'm, I'm in fact pledging to reduce taxes. You know how? No congestion pricing, which will cut, crush the middle class coming okay. in from that line. We'll talk, we're going to talk about that in a second. And get rid of the speed cameras. Right. That's the hidden tax. Thank you, Mr. Schlegel. We're going to talk about that in a few seconds. I do want to turn this out around, but you've been asking questions and you asked, you asked him several questions already. But I, you do take questions during this campaign. That's part of campaign. And we appreciate the public service you all are doing for running for office. It is not easy. We all know that. And we respect you for that. We want to turn it around a little bit. I'd like to have each of you ask a question of the other person. Anything you want. Mr. Sliwa, you can ask Mr. Adams a question about anything. And you have a minute to answer. And vice versa. Eric Adams, I make many campaign stops today amongst Republicans. Bill Ritter, I just have to offer a special correction. I am the Republican candidate, but also the independent party candidate that many people will vote for me for mayor on. My mistake, I'm sorry. Right. And when I'm talking to these groups, I tell them, and if the vote is determined that Eric Adams should be the mayor of the city of New York, I will give you my total support because we need Save this city from the brink of is there a collapsing crime. Would you return the same sentiment if the voters elect me the next mayor? Would you give me your full support? I do not uh, support human beings. I support the position. When you wear bulletproof vest curtains to protect the children and families of these cities, you protect the position that goes with it. And I'm always going to protect this city. This is a city that I love, and I'm not going to see it unravel and be irresponsible. So whomever is the mayor of this city or any of the elected officials, I'm going to be there and show them the, the necessary support that they deserve. We're in this together, New York, and I'm going to be there for you. So you would support me in the effort to save our city from your friend, your partner, Bill de Blasio, who single-handedly has destroyed the city that we love with your help. Okay. Uh, Mr. Adams, you can ask Mr. Cleo any question you want. Well, my goal to 
days to speak through the voters, and there is not one question I have for Curtis. I want to spend every opportunity talking to the voters of the city of New York and give them my plan, a term I use often that he does not use because I have a plan and he does not. Okay, um, we're going to move on to our next round, and is going forward, we want, we're, we're looking at the time, it's almost 7.30, we want to get in a lot more questions. We're going to limit the uh, answers to 45 seconds, if that's all right. I want to start with David. Mr. Evans, uh, let's turn to the situation at Rikers Island and the mess there. Th this year, we have seen 14 people die at Rikers and in the custody of the Department of Corrections. My question is, do you still support the borough-based plan to replace Rikers? And right now, I don't think Rikers is going to close until 2026, 2027. So do you support the plan to replace this with smaller borough-based jails? And is there any way that you can get this awful mess that Rikers closed sooner than 2026? Uh, thank you. That, uh, that's such an important question. And, and you're right. Uh, it is a mess. And I was there uh, over a, a month ago, approximately. I was able to visit. And many of my colleagues uh, followed after that. And I saw firsthand what is the problem there. And so here's my plan. Uh, number one, uh, we must use technology to expedite the cases. The bottleneck in our court system is hurting us. Uh, number two, services. We need to look after the services for those who are dealing with mental health illnesses and something simple as recreation. You can't cage people all day. Uh, number three, also the correction officers. We must create an environment where the inmates and the correction officers are not assaulted. I take my hat off to the district attorney in the Bronx who has been prosecuted those cases. And lastly, it's imperative that we make sure that the Everyday people at Rikers okay. Island and visitors had real interactions with their families. Are, are, are we stuck at 2026? Are we stuck? Yes. Okay. I'm still on path with the closing of Rikers and having borough based jails. I think that's the right thing to do and reimagine how we use Rikers Island in the process. Mr. Slayway, you don't think that Rikers should close? John, back if you uh, elect my opponent, you will have a community jail in your neighborhood. That's the guarantee. Not with me. I've been on Rikers Island. Yes, I know what it's like to be on Rikers Island. And the correctional officers are under attack, especially the women who are the, the largest minority now. People of color are getting sexually assaulted, sexually harassed. Men are masturbating in front of them. There's no discipline, no solitary confinement. And the Bronx DA has done nothing to protect the correctional officers who are under attack. You can knock down four of the units. You can rehab the other four. Get the emotionally disturbed inmates off of Rikers Island and send them to Kirby Psychiatric, the state facility on Randall's Island, or Creedmoor in northern Queens where they can get met, mental health attention and their medicine. And then their cases can yeah, be adjudicated okay. and break up the gangs that control Thank Rikers you, Island, Thank the you. Bloods and the Crips who are housed together. Thank you, Mr.
clear that illegally subdivided basements or illegally constructed apartments are the responsibility of the landlord, the superintendent, or the building manager. They are breaking the law and risking people's lives. That must be stopped, but we can't just kick people out. We have to find them housing. Some of these basement apartments can meet the specifications. Well, my opponent, Eric Gaffis, has that same problem. He claims to live in that basement apartment on Lafayette and Ben's side. The Department of Buildings has put up notices, Eric. I don't know. You haven't taken them off the door. It says that you have so built an illegal, so Mr. subdivided Siwa, basement the apartment. Mr. Siwa, why not answer this? Mr. Siwa, speaking to the question then. It is to you to stop and dictate. Sir, would you shut them down then? Would you shut them down then? Eventually, yes, but first find the landlords and the people responsible for housing these people in inhumane conditions. Mr. Adams, what will be your plan to deal with the situation, these basement units where so many people live right now? Uh, you know, uh, I thank you for that question. That's a real issue, a real question. And living on the verge of homelessness, uncertainty of knowing where you are, over 100,000 children are having housing insecure uh, right now in this city. Uh, we need to uh, do the right thing for these families. And here's my plan to do so. Number one, no, I would not uh, displace them and further aggravate our housing crisis. We need to deal with the immediate concerns with Storm and use GIS mapping to identify those locations where those apartments are, to have proper notifications during Storm. Then we need to partner with the Department of Buildings, SCNY, to legalize these apartments. There's a great initiative to do so. I will lean further into that to make sure we can do so. I would not displace families without understanding the complexities of aggravating our housing crisis we have right now. Thank you, Mr. Adams. Would you go after these Dracula landlords who put these people in peril? Would you lock them up? Would you find them, Eric Because they get the money. 
need to go up because another super storm Sandy is on its way as mayor. I promise you residents of Staten Island and those of you in the battery and in the financial district, the okay. wall will be constructed as the money was given to us by the federal government to do and our local officials have done nothing. So you will build that wall. Thank you, Mr. Absolutely. David. appropriately for those who can't take care of themselves that's the street homelessness and then let's partner our police with mental health professionals but we don't have homeless in our subway system that there's nothing dignified about sleeping on the street build trust investment programs like fountain house so we can turn this homeless crisis around as a follow-up mr adams you, you mentioned the 25,000 units um hotel and you mentioned in the outer borough why, why should manhattan have to share no then they should now remember I'm not saying these are going to be sheltered. We need to be clear on that. It's permanent housing. The, the hotel and our tourism is going to return faster in the outer boroughs, in, in the Manhattan business district. When you go to the outer boroughs, you're watching hotels that are boarded up, and many of them were built to be sheltered. That's to get out of the shelter business and get in the business of giving people permanent housing. The congregate houses are sheltered, are no good. We want that's too much waste of taxpayers' dollars. We're moving into building permanent houses in the city. Excuse me, Eric. There are empty hotels in Manhattan, some that are boarded up. The only time you come to Manhattan of late is to go to the Zero Bond Club late at night, that private club where you get wine, dined, and pocket line by a lot of these people on those hotels. You're going to get more homeless people in Staten Island, Brooklyn, Queens, and the Bronx, and exempt Manhattan? Come on, that's technology, Eric. We know what the deal is. You even said those hotels in the outer world were built to be sheltered. You did not. 
we're not responding to that. My record is clear on finding housing and I had one of the greatest housing booms in my borough and the money we allocated. I'm, I am truly, my record is extremely clear around this complex issue. Let's, uh, let's move on to the next subject. Ariel? Agencies with two silos 
But him is just too much money, and I want to turn that really? around. I would give him a B plus um, at a, a, a grade. We have a B, B, B plus. A B plus. We have a B plus and an F. Thank That's you, Joe. promotion at its worst. Right. Thank you, Mr. Clinton.
We're going to be there for them, and we will find a solution to this problem. Taxpayers will pay for that, right? For those smaller medallion owners, not for the large individuals, the smaller medallion you, owners. You both agree on something a little bit. Well, yeah. Both but, agree on it. Well, well, we found a friend, Michael Cohen. We were going to meet with him, Kanye West, Michael Cohen, on quite okay. a medallion. Did uh, you know that, guy? Let me talk about something else that's that, that sprung up in the city that is, uh, some people think it's fantastic and it's exciting, and other people say it, it could be problematic. Talking about outdoor dining, it has sparked excitement, yes, but some say it's also an unsafe condition on the street. Bike lanes intersecting with waiters coming trying to serve food and cutting off an entire lane of traffic, which has caused some problems. And some people sitting with plywood between them and oncoming cars. If you're elected, uh, Mr. Adams, we're going to start with you. If you're elected, would you keep outdoor dining? Uh, yes, I would. I would keep I, outdoor dining. I think it brings some great energy when I speak with my restaurant owners and I patronize and make sure they keep their doors open to hire cooks, dishwashers, and those who are low-skilled employees. They say to me that helps them survive COVID. Now, do we need to reevaluate? Do we need to look at the structures, make sure they are, are safe? Do we need to look at how we use sidewalk spaces? There's a different way to do it, but I would definitely encourage we have to allow our restaurants to get up and operating in a bellwether for our city. And that is a very important economy for our city. I'm in support of it. And Mr. Sleewood, do you keep out regarding? Uh, Bill, I looked at some of these uh, wanted huts, these airplane hangars. You could actually park a 747 in there. That's ridiculous. Others that are unused, that it becomes shooting galleries where people with drugs are actually shooting up and then they've got to go. And by the way, the reason that so many of the bars and restaurant owners need them is because of the vaccine passport. The ridiculousness that I have to show a vaccine passport to go indoors at a restaurant and then personal ID. I just went to vote with my wife, Nancy, on Saturday. You didn't have to show a vaccine passport. You didn't have to show an ID. But to get a cheeseburger and fries, you got to show a vaccine passport and ID. That is crazy. And as a result, China's end up going to New Jersey, Westchester, Connecticut, Long Island, where they don't have to show a vaccine passport or ID. Okay. Thank so you. is the air different, Bill? Is the air different in New York City than it is in the in the tri-state area? It's just ridiculous. All right. uh, let's move to the next round. David, you got the question. Mr. we have found uh, since the pandemic began that more and more people are biking than ever before in New York City. Yet you have talked about eliminating bikeways. Why? Well, not eliminating. Uh, basically look at them. Many of these bike lanes have been up a year or more. If you use it, you keep it. Many people have used the bicycle lanes well. But there are vast areas of our city, especially in the southern ends, when you go into Brooklyn and Queens and Northern Bronx and most of Staten Island, where they haven't used it at all. But that, that would be a limit. Why not, why not promote in those areas? Well, they have been promoted. They're just not using it. So you take it back. But I can understand why Eric Adams would want to be riding his bicycle when you have 14 reckless endangerment tickets for speeding through school zones. Maybe, Eric, it's better if you just stay on your bicycle and get away from behind the wheel. So I, I promote you bicycling and not driving a car. Because normally under those circumstances, they seize your vehicle, which is recently what you said. They should okay, seize your vehicle. Mr. Adam, you have I'm an avid uh, rider. Uh, I enjoy riding. Uh, I think it's so important. I always say 
uh, one, the solution to solve a multitude of problems. I would promote our bike usage. I would do it with my elders like we did at Restoration Plaza. I would encourage young people to ride their bikes to and from school uh, because it could help the childhood obesity by doing exercises. Um, and yes, I would make sure that we have proper enforcement so that people are not creating a dangerous environment by using their bikes. But I believe we need to find alternative methods of moving around the city. And biking is one of them. It's enjoyable. I enjoy okay. it. And I, was, I think that we continue to expand it in our city. We are running out of time. We want to give you one minute of closing argument so I have a couple quick questions for you. First, this has been a, a, not a great campaign. I assume you're not going to send each other holiday cards. So that's funny. <laughs> um, say, could you say something nice about your opponent? And let's, uh, let's start with this. Um, the, the cat. Uh, you know, I, I take my hat off to Curtis, what he's doing um, with cats. I think we need to be humane to all living beings, and that's include our animals. And uh, as a person that believes it's important uh, that we show compassion uh, to each other and to uh, our animals. And so I commend him for what he's doing uh, around uh, cats. Mr.
Mahatma Gandhi who said, a society that does not take care of its animals does not take care of its people. Look at the emotionally disturbed. Look at the homeless. We've got to show compassion and caring and voice out what the Blasio has done. And I only would have wished you would have used your bully pulpit, Eric, to criticize, thrive, and all these other programs that have done nothing but make the problems worse. I guarantee you, I swear on my parents' grave, I will not forsake these lost souls or the animals in our community. We will no longer kill them in our shelter. Mr. Thank you, New Yorkers. This has been an amazing experience. Uh, I am uh, the symbol of American dream. The only country on the globe with dream is attached to our name. No other country. And when I think about overcoming poverty, overcoming injustices, become a police officer, a state senator, and now I'm the Brooklyn Borough President. I know and you know that far too many people leave the nightmarish realities of somewhere else and come here experience that American dream. Only place you could have a dollar in your pocket and then own bank. Only place where you could not understand the language and open English speaking schools all over. Only place where you could work in the mailroom and then run for mayor. I want the dreams, those 10 million dreams that are ready to wake up, to know. Just as my dream is becoming a reality, I want yours to become a reality. This is the greatest city and the greatest country on the globe. And I know what we can do. The way goes New York goes America. The way goes America goes globe. Thank you so much. And thank you, gentlemen, for your closing argument. Thank you for running. It is not easy to do. It is not easy to open yourself up to public scrutiny, but you will have both done that and we appreciate that. And on that note, let's go ahead and the final debate. And thank you for your participation. And to our viewers, thank you. Because you too can find final information about these two candidates. We hope we have been a little helpful in that effort. In fact, a lot helpful, hopefully. Either way, we urge you to vote on November 2nd. It is your right and your responsibility. Early voting, of course, already started, continues until Sunday. You can find more information about voting on the Campaign Finance Board website. To our sponsors, to all of us, thank you for your input and your commitment to improving the city and to my colleagues, David Evans of Eyewitnesses and Mariela Salgado of Univision 41. Thank you for questions that were insightful and filled with curiosity. If you missed any of this debate, or just want to see the whole thing again, we have it on our website, abc7ny.com. Thank you for watching tonight. We do help. Okay, we have been helpful. So that was the mayoral debate for New York City. We're going to take a small break, and I'll be back with a little bit more of just a summary of what the two candidates for Mayor Eric Adams and Curtis Sliwa is. And I just wanted to um, alert you once again. And this little video is just where we're at now and who's listening and where.
all of us it would I can't take back, I can't stop feeling How about you? So yeah, it's a long list. Um, so Eric Adams' top three issues are public health, economy, and public safety. This debate really didn't go into details and it was very difficult because the questions um, were very kind of general. But if you go to Eric's website, you'll find more information on where he's at on those top three issues. Um, a little background from Eric based on the voter's guide. Growing up in South Jamaica, Queens, representing New York City and Albany, serving as Brooklyn Borough President and seeing us through the pandemic, I have been a New Yorker through good times and bad. Growing up, we didn't know if we would come home to an eviction notice or food on the table. That is why I've spent my adult life in public service, because I lived the, the life of the people I want to help. That's why I became an officer to protect the vulnerable. That's why I fought racism in New York, uh, in the NYPD. That's why I stood up for human rights in Albany, and why as borough president, I strive to make government work better for people who need it most. My life in 35 years in public service have prepared me to leave New York City. So I guess he was a police officer. Um, and I do have a friend who's running with a campaign with Eric Adams, and I was hoping that he would come tonight, but we'll um, add any additional information that I don't know personally from Eric. Um, but we'll see. And Curtis Willa, we all know Curtis from the Guardian Angels back in the 80s and uh, 90s. Very, uh, he was out there. He had his own little group of people. And it was, you know, he he's a advocate. He's been really out there um, securing and supporting people as much as possible, spe specifically in the subways. Um, so if you Google his name, um, if you're young or if you're new, Curtis A. Sliwa, S-L-I-W-A. So, by the way, Eric Adams is Democratic, and Curtis Sliwa is a Republican Independent. And the top three issues for Curtis is crime safety, crime safety, quality of life. That's one altogether. Property tax disparity, outer boroughs which I don't know what that means, but I'll find out and I'll do a little bit more research. And maintaining advanced learning public schools. And you heard them. They talk about the educational system. We all know that the educational system in New York sucks big time. 100% sucks. And this whole charter school and no child left behind and lottery system to get in, the gifted and talented program is all bullshit. Um, background information for Curtis, 42 years of voluntary service in preventing crime and making communities safer as founder and president of the Guardian Angels. I have been recognized for my work by three New York City mayors, Dinkin, Giuliani, and Bloomberg. 
I have also mentored thousands of diverse young men and women on their road to becoming leaders of their communities. Quote, no one knows the streets, subways, and neighborhoods better than me. With that knowledge, I will help to resurrect the city and make the streets and subways safe again and bring a true quality of life back into New York City. So um, the two choices that we have are pretty narrow. And um, there were a lot of people who ran. Um, this includes Fernando Mateo. Everybody should know who Fernando Mateo is. He's generally the person who comes out when the taxi cab people have, uh, there's a crime that's occurred with a medallion taxi cab person. That's um, the person who would advocate for them and be out there. Um, and you'll see him in the news all the time. Catherine Rojas. Juanda Francis, Stacy Hope, Raja Flores. I, I don't know who these people are, but they did um, run or they will be on the ballot, I guess. I don't know, but they're not. Um, I guess in, in June they were running and I guess based on the general election in June. That's another thing. People need to understand that there's a, general elections in June for the summer for the actual um, elect special elections is what I believe it's called um, in June to summarize and narrow down which parties, which uh, candidates will make it because they're supposed to have a number of votes on the special elections if for them to go ahead and proceed and move on into running. So I am hoping that uh, you learned something today. <laughs> um, I'm hoping that I was able to provide as much information on the description of each uh, social media platform. Um, I will put in all the links for all the districts. Don't forget, um, early elections is available to people. You just have to find out where and what location because early elections is generally done in the um, elections office for your borough. So um, you just put in, just search, um, where is my voting location for, for early elections? And remember, there were many people who advocated and fought for us to go out to do extended voting. Um, this is something new. You you couldn't vote um, on a Saturday or Sunday. So you have all the way to... So there's no excuse this time around, you know? And, and again, local elections are very important, and we need to um, check it out. And my uh, city council district, people who are running, um, Oswald Felice, um, who's Democratic, Ariel Rivera Diaz, a Republican conservative. And uh, top three issues for City Council District 15, safer streets, quality education for every child, and affordable housing. And we all know that is very important in the Bronx. And a little background from Felice. And I did interview Felice, and I believe in season two. Yeah, season two. 
him and Alyssa Crespo, who were both running for District 15 Council. I'm a lifelong Bronx resident. I went to local public schools, including Bronx Community College and Lehman College, and I have dedicated my career to building a better Bronx. As a tenant lawyer, I defended Bronx residents at risk of eviction. I'm a lifelong Bronx resident and a tenant lawyer. I'm running to build a better Bronx for future generations, one where every child is able to receive quality education so that they can be prepared for the future, one with affordable housing so that every family can be stable, and one with safe streets and economic opportunity. A better Bronx is possible, and I'm running to build that better Bronx. Thank you, Oswald Feliz, for everything you do. Thank you, Vanessa Gibson, for everything you do. Um, and guys, I'm going to leave you with a song that's dear to me. <laughs> Let's see, what do you want to hear? How should I close this out? Uh, work, baby, work? Let's do that one. So I can do my
Lovely Michelle from Vosburg, Mississippi. Speaking of Vosburg, Mississippi, here are the countries who've made it through salty coffee Argentina, Ecuador, Ireland, Canada, Italy, Puerto Rico, and we'll talk about that in a minute Finland and UK. Domestic USA, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Georgia, North Carolina, Pennsylvania. A big shout out to California. Texas, Florida, Michigan, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and our most recent two states, Illinois and Arkansas. Thank you so much for all you who, are, who listen to Salty Coffee. And the reason why Puerto Rico is not in the USA category is because based on podcast, um, I guess broadcasting, they are not in physically or geographically not physically but geographically they are not in the usa they're what they consider overseas so i apologize but this is how um it has been separated and there's a flag for puerto rico and then there's a flag for the usa and even though puerto rico is part of the usa when it comes to broadcasting it's pretty divided um let's work on it if we want to work together to fix that but that's that so this weekend is halloween i want you all to be safe i want you all to be careful make sure that you are meditating that you are resting and that you're taking your time and if i made you go to sleep i apologize <laughs> it's a long broadcast it's two hours but i'll let you go because i have to go to work tomorrow and so don't forget www.saltycoffeepodcast.com. Please make sure you like, follow, subscribe. The subscription on my website is free. If you subscribe to Anchor, it's also free. The more you click and listen, the more the algorithm will be out there and we're all sharing. So Building Bridges is what we do. This is season three, episode five. Woohoo! And I'll see you guys. Um, so next week, Friday, I won't um, have any broadcast. I'll probably just do a live uh, replay. But next week, uh, Friday, I'll be in Carnegie Hall. And I'm going to go see Cindy Lopper and Angelique. I forget how to pronounce her last name, but it's the African woman who um, has a song with... I forget the guy's name. But... Um, I'll post it on Facebook and you'll see who it is. Good night and I love you all. Luna, Ricky Baker, Próximo Destino, La Galaxia. Le gusta el roce, le gusta tanto. Está puesta para bellaquear. Hablando de eso. Ya se lo canto, yo sé que quieres más Y yo no sé, pero 
Se ve, ve la tínica, <risa> en el, yo sí la ves. I love you.